Welcome to the Heights Sermon Series Podcast, where each week you'll hear a new message that'll help you with your life shaped by the Word. Well, good morning again, Heights family. What a great morning of worship, huh? Man, I tell you what, filled, filled me up. Maybe I needed a little more feeling. I wasn't here last week. It's sure good to be back today. Karen and I were in uh, Duluth, Minnesota last week. I think that's like going to a foreign country. Uh, it, it's the first place I have flown domestically where we had two layovers uh, to, to get there. But uh, Duluth is where my new daughter, Alexi, uh, grew up with her family, and, and she married my son, Colin, last weekend. And we, we just had the most incredible... Uh, the most incredible weekend filled with so many good memories and we're still, Karen and I, kind of riding a high after last weekend. And they back, back this morning from their honeymoon. You know, I, I, I tell you, I, Karen and I did not grow up in, in military families. That's not our, our background. And, uh, but, you know, you see military and you say, thank you for your service. And that's really starting to mean a, a lot to me when, when I say thank you for your service. Because, you know, I used to think service was like if you got deployed and had to be away from your family overseas. But I'm learning, watching my sons, how much sacrifice goes on right here in America. Uh, so uh, Colin married Alexi. Alexi's also in the military. So they got home this morning. They're, they're in the Minneapolis airport and they don't even go home together. They don't even leave the airport together. So Colin will fly back to Colorado, uh, Fort Carson, where he is. And she's uh, just got out of school. So she's going uh, in a combat, she's a combat engineer. So she'll be going to Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri uh, for Bullock. So they will be together at some point, if you're wondering that. Uh, I think by Christmas they'll, they'll, be, they'll be together. But, and they'll probably see each other a few times. Uh, but gosh, I just thought of that and I thought, boy, that, there, there really is a lot of sacrifice. And uh, so next time you say thank you for somebody's service, just know there's a lot of things you and I never see on the news uh, that that they do, but uh, we're we're excited for them. You pray for them. They're probably saying goodbye right now, and I imagine that's less than than pleasant for them. But uh, sure, glad to be back today. Hey, we've got some exciting things going on right here uh, today. I want to make you aware of. I think you may have seen it on the way in. You'll certainly see it on the way out. There's a chili pepper running around in our concourse. Uh, not an actual ball player, but an actual. Chili pepper. Uh, that, that's a reminder. Next Sunday, uh, we have our night at the ballpark. That's at Shepherd Stadium. The, down the street here, the Chili Peppers are a, a college team. They, they're, they're college players in a summer league. And they're good. They're real good. Uh, and a lot of fun to watch. And uh, we've got almost all the stadium next week. It'll probably be 95% our church family. And uh, for the price of a ticket, $10, you get hot dogs, hamburgers, soda, chips, all you can eat of that uh, for, for that one ticket. There are other things there, but those cost money. Uh, those other things you got to pay for. But th- those things are for free as much as you want that, that comes with the game that night. Great opportunity to be there and just enjoy your church family in a little bit different setting. Uh, we'll have some entertainment, music beforehand and during, and, and then, of course, the game itself. I think we're already over halfway sold out. And when you 
think about that's normally a day of kind of decision. Uh, they, they, so many tickets, I think, are already gone. If you're interested, you really should jump on it and think about who you might want to invite and bring with you to that next Sunday. Also, today, right after this service, Karen and I will be hosting a uh, information meeting. Uh, if you're interested in going to Israel, we're going March uh, of 2023. If you went to the first informational meeting back in May, you don't need to go to this one. Uh, this is just a repeat of that one. We've expanded the trip. It looks like now we're going to be taking about 75 to 90 people. And uh, if you're interested in being one of those, Go to the meeting or don't go to the meeting. You can get a lot of information from the brochure, and you can pick those up at the desks out there. And uh, this will give you a lot of information, uh, and you can sign up and register through this information right here. If you're watching online, you do not have to live in Virginia to go on this. Uh, You can go to thb.church, go to events, go to Israel, and you'll find this brochure, and we'd love to have you join us for that. But if you have some questions, want to know a little bit more, Karen and I, uh, Rabbi Paul Clausen, I call him Rabbi. I know I scare some of y'all. He is a Messianic Jew. He is a believer. Uh, he, he puts this trip together for us. And of course, we have professional tour guides in country. Uh, and then Karen and I will be teaching along the way. Uh, folks, I, it's a, such a cliche, but it, it, I, I'm just quoting the people we've taken. It is absolutely the trip of a lifetime to walk where Jesus walked, to see the places where your Bible unfolded. We're from the Sea of Galilee to the Garden of Gethsemane to Golgotha. Uh, you're going to be in all of those places. And it really is incredible. So if you're interested, want to learn more, uh, come to the information meeting. It is absolutely free. The trip isn't even close to being free. But the, the information meeting is. So come by and check that out. Hey, one other thing. You, you just saw the mission moment there with our prayer shawl ministry. And we love getting to celebrate them. You notice right there at the end was a picture of Todd and Veronica. We've been praying for them. Uh, they're missionaries in Ukraine. Uh, Veronica's father has a church in Venezia, which many of you have been to. Uh, we've partnered with them. And, and you know you've been supporting and praying for them ever since the, the war started. Venezia was bombed this week. And it was a significant bombing. And there was a, a significant loss of life. And uh, you know how we are as Americans and how the news cycle works. We, we get over it. We get all excited about something for a while and then we get over it and move on. But I, I can assure you it's as stressful for Todd and Veronica today as, as it was the very first day that this all started. So I just say that to say, hey, let's continue uh, to keep them in our prayers. I think they're actually coming back here uh, for a couple of months here soon, and uh, it's it's been a hard road that they've been on. And remember, they've they've got family that live right in the middle of all that. So let's let's actually pause right now, have a word of prayer for that. Okay, Father, we come before you for Venezia, and uh, Lord, I know when I say that word, I know for many people here in our church, very real images come to mind, real people, real faces come to mind. Uh, And of course, Lord, two people that we love very much, Todd and Veronica, come to mind. And uh, Lord, we pray for the end of the war. We pray for your protection uh, over your people in both Russia and Ukraine. And uh, Lord, why there's just such an incredible loss of life as war brings. And we we pray for that to end. Lord, I'm also mindful 
of the opportunity for the gospel at this very moment. And I, I, I pray for, for Leonid, uh, the pastor there of the church in Venezia. God, that you would just empower and strengthen him spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally. I know as he is using this time to reach out and care for needs and minister to people, take care of him, provide for him, be with Todd and Veronica as they're wanting to be and and in places are right beside him in doing that. Keep them all safe. And uh, Lord, I, I pray in this moment there's a great opportunity for the church to be salt and light. And for the church to advance the kingdom of God. And uh, Lord, I pray this, this will result in many people coming to faith in Christ and uh, walking with you. Take care of that situation, God. Do so much more with our prayers than the words we have to offer up right now. We pray this all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You keep them in your prayers. Well, we are continuing today our our series on the commandments. And I want to thank Joel for covering for me last week. I tell yeah, he did. He did a phenomenal job. And uh, man, I mean, starting last Sunday afternoon, I started getting messages uh, all the way through yesterday about what Joel meant to y'all and what his ministry, his message meant last week. You got a little bit of an illustration that with friends like me who needs enemies, uh, Joel's very first time to preach in our church. And I say, here, do this. And I give him, thou shalt not commit adultery. <laughs> That's a, a difficult one to preach your first time in, but he, he handled it really well. And, uh, that was number seven. Today we're on number eight. You know, we're getting ready to take this thing to the house. We're, we're about to wrap it up. We started all the way back on May 1. I did a, a message just kind of overviewing commandments and what they're about. Then we spent a couple of weeks on the great commandment. Then we came into the Ten Commandments and have gone through each one of those one week at a time. And if you'll remember that first sermon, and I know you do, if you'll remember that first sermon on May 1, or maybe you just remember the video that runs each week before the the sermon starts. The title is Loving God. And we need to remember that as we start plodding deep into these things and what's being communicated and what's this about. It is about loving God. You and I are not left to figure out, hey, what does it mean to love God? How do I do that? What does it mean to love you? Do we all make that up from one person to the next? Folks, all of God's commands are answering that question. Here's how I love God. Here's how I love you. And of course, the opposite is true. When I'm not obeying these commands, I am not loving God. And I am not loving you. Regardless of what I think or feel is going on inside of me, there is no love where there is disobedience. So let's, let's just keep that kind of front and center. Commandments, thou shalt not. Hey, it's, it's all about love. You know, when we come to today's command, and, and today's the one on stealing, thou shalt not steal, or couple of weeks ago, thou shalt not murder. I think in our mind, I don't know if this is true for you, but I think in our mind, we have a tendency to kind of run out to a worst case scenario and, and say, well, I didn't do that. So I'm okay. You know, I've never shot anybody and left them dead in the street and I've never robbed a bank. So I'm in the good here. <laughs> well, maybe we'll see. 
But you remember, we said, and I, I said it a couple of weeks ago. I would have said it last week. I'm saying it today. I'm going to say it next week. The goal is not to just not murder. The goal is not to just not steal. The goal is to be like God. So what does that look like? When we're talking about stealing, what, what does that mean to look like God in that? Let's, let's see if we can understand. Would you turn in your Bible with me to Exodus chapter 20, second book in your Bible, second on the list if you're using a, a Bible app on your phone. Exodus chapter 20, let me begin in verse 1. And it says there, And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me but showing steadfast love to thousands of generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, or your male servant, or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. And therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything else that is your neighbor's. So I'm just going to get to where I'm going this morning. Just put this out there real fast. Uh, We all steal. If you've told yourself you don't steal, you're just lying to yourself. We all steal, and we all steal a lot. Now, I'm okay with some of you going, back up there, man. You don't know who I am or what I've done. (laughs) You know, here's the problem. We don't recognize that we're stealing because we come to situations and we reason it out in our mind that this is not stealing. And by the way, if you find yourself reasoning out in your mind that something is not stealing, you are in fact stealing. That's just a guarantee. And, and here's really even the bigger problem now. We've gotten so used to do this, it's so natural to us, the question doesn't even rise anymore. We just take. You say, when do you think I'm taking? Oh gosh, do we really start down that road? Do we, do we start talking about what we do with with taxes or the hotel or the insurance company? Do we we start talking about what we do in situations where there's some confusion, there's a a mistake, and hey, I can come out ahead on this. I can can profit in that. And we just kind of ride out the deception and the confusion. Or how about this one? It's kind of a simple one. How about what we get paid? 
At first, first and the 15th, I'm guessing a lot of us get paid on the first and the 15th. That, that was this past Friday. If you're like me, the, you know, you go check the bank, see if that direct deposit landed there just like it's supposed to. And I bet if it is at all different, especially if it's a little less, I bet you fire off an email pretty quickly. You know, if I looked Friday and it wasn't what it was supposed to be, I'm coming in here Monday morning. Hey, Cindy, what happened to my check? What, what, why, why did it come out? I expect 100% of my check. I mean, who doesn't? Well, if I can expect that of my employer, can my employer expect from me 100% of a work week? And not just showing up at work 100% of the time, but actually working 100% of those hours. This is entirely uncomfortable. So we'll just stop right there on that one. And let's go ahead and scoop up everybody else. How about, uh, how about one Netflix account and 20 people sharing a password? Pretty sure that's stealing. <laughs> Folks, I, I, we can keep going here. I, I can go on and I mean, we can do a list of things. You and I just do. We don't even think about it. You know, I, 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 but I'm not going to do that. Because no matter what illustrations, no matter what ideas are there, the bottom line is by the time you'll get to the car, you'll dismiss me. You say, how do you know I'll dismiss you? Because I dismiss me by the time I get to the car. If I dismiss me, I sure know you're doing it. You know, we, we, we need an entirely different angle on this than is this stealing? That, that question should be enough, but what we've done with our conscience and soul is so, that question's just not working for anybody anymore. We got to get another angle, you know, the God angle maybe. How would God have us to look at this. Let me look, let me throw a couple of passages up here. They're all about stealing, but they really, they come at it from a different direction of what's happening in that moment. This first one kind of surprises me. First time I really noticed this. Ephesians 4.28 is about stealing, but it has nothing to do with what's been stolen or the victim. You see, when I steal, I'm not valuing myself. I'm not valuing my life. The thief must no longer steal. Instead, he must do honest work with his own hands so that he has something to share with anyone in need. Now, I could put this verse with dozens of others that present the work ethic that the Scripture brings into your life and my life. Folks, we are to work. Work is not a product of sin. We were assigned work before sin, before the fall. Weeds are a product of sin, but not work. There is a value to sweating. There is a value to being tired at the end of the day. And there is a value to having a product of that sweat and that work that I use to provide for myself, to provide for a family and This passage even jumps past all that and says, even being able to provide for others. Why? Because my goal is to be like God. And because I want to be like God, I don't value taking, I value giving. See, all of a sudden, what does thou shalt not steal have to do with loving and being like God? God's not a taker, God is a giver. 
And that has to affect everything I look at in life. I'm a giver. I'm not looking how to get something out of this moment. I'm looking at how I give. And there's a value to that to our personhood. And when we start living a life of just constantly approaching what's mine and what do I get out of this, and we're, we're stealing from our own value, our own personhood. Now, the next two are not much of a surprise. Uh, obviously, I'm not valuing the other person when I steal. Dishonest scales are detestable to the Lord. Now, I'm, you know, the good news here is I'm, I'm sure most of us have not used dishonest scales I mean, except the one we stand on and we break so that it doesn't measure right, right? No, we don't, we don't use scales. But what is dishonest scales? That's business, isn't it? You know what dishonest scales are? It's me taking an opportunity to kind of confuse the situation, create a misunderstanding, not be quite honest with how this is all flowing out. And when it's all said and done, I have a little more than I'm supposed to. I have a little more than you thought. I was going to have. You know, that's disgusting to God. Heavy words used here. God finds that disgusting when you and I are just getting away with pennies and dollars. Uh, Next one I don't think is a surprise to us. I'm I'm certainly not valuing God when I'm stealing. Or I might have nothing and steal profaning. Again, a heavy word. I am profaning the name of God. I am spitting on the name. I am mocking the name of God when I steal. Now, folks, when I look at those three verses, and again, you can look at all three of them and just walk away and say, don't steal. But when I look at that, it seems to me like there's a lot more going on than just me taking somebody's stuff. Man, you know what? There's something happening here in how I'm treating God and how I'm treating others and how I'm treating myself. So maybe the question we would ask ourselves, instead of it being just, is this stealing? Maybe I ask the question, hey, in what I'm thinking, in what I'm doing, and how I'm working through this, am I valuing the other person? Am I valuing God? Am I valuing myself? I think that would be a good question. I think we should ask something like that. You know, maybe a simpler way, an easier way to ask that long question is just to ask, is this loving? When I value someone, you know, that's the best way to love them. I, I, I value you. I love you. Is this loving? You know, we've been saying it's not just about murder. It's not, the goal's not just to not steal. Let me show you the passage that develops that entire phrase that I've been saying all through this series. It's found in Romans 13. Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. You love somebody, you've obeyed every command in the Bible. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. I sure hope those are sounding familiar by now. You know know where they came from. Those commandments. And any other commandment, all the other ones in the Bible, they're all summed up in this. Love your neighbor... And remember, Jesus, we, I think first sermon, second sermon, I don't even remember what sermon it was now, but we saw Jesus define who our neighbor is. Our neighborhood is the big blue marble. Anybody on planet earth is my neighbor, particularly the one right in front of me, the one with a need right in front of me. 
You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is fulfilling the law. The goal's not just to not covet, not steal, not murder, not commit adultery. The goal is to love. You obey those commands not when you don't do them. You obey those commands when you love. And when you love, you're, you're loving God. When you love, you're, you're loving others. So that's where we could just ask the question, hey, I'm trying to think, is this stealing? Am I doing wrong? Hey, is this the loving thing to do? Now, let's not stop yet. Let's tighten the screw one more time. Jesus said, love them as you love yourself. So I I need to think about, hey, how do I want to be loved? So maybe I now ask this question. Is what I'm doing... Is the way I'm thinking through this, if they were doing it to me, would I feel loved? Boy, that really, that's a whole different thing. If I was the owner of this company, if I was the manager here, if I was that person, would, would I feel loved if, I, if they were doing what I'm doing right now? And here's the problem in evaluating all this and looking at this command. We want to put a face in front of it. And a lot of places you and I are stealing, there's no face. You know, it's, it's, it's a business. It's a government. It's an insurance company. There's no face. But remember, the goal's not to just not steal. The goal's to be like God, which means in this moment, I need to love like God. And folks, I'm looking, and I, I've looked this week. I can't find a place where God loves differently. God has a way of loving a business. God has a way of loving the government. God has the way of loving the individual. God has a way of loving the group. No, he doesn't. He doesn't have a different way from all these people, situations, or scenarios. He just loves He is entirely faithful and consistent 100% of the time to bringing the entirety of love to this moment. What do I mean by the entirety of love? In his love, he brings justice and goodness and fairness and kindness for everyone and everything involved in that. God is entirely faithful to his character. Character is not something you turn off and on, right? Character is what we are all the time. Another way that's been said a lot, I'm sure you all have heard this, character is what you are when no one's looking. Character is what you are when the other party doesn't understand what's going on. Character is what we are all the time. Aren't you glad God's faithful to his character? Man, I want to be, I want to be like God, I really do. And I understand to say that I want to be like God means I want to be loving all the time, just all the time, kind all the, I I want to be like that. I want a character that is faithful and consistent, but, but I miss. And that's why as we go through these commandments week after week after week, I, I, I tell you what, something's wrong with your soul if you do, if you look at any one of these commandments and in the midst of that somewhere don't say thank you Jesus for saving me cuz i miss and i fail and you can't god i can count on your character but i'm not sure you can count on mine you know what we sang a moment ago that brings tears to my eyes i look forward to one day joining the song in eternity 
And you know, I know that I'm going to join that song. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm going to heaven. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm going to stand before God. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt he's going to declare me righteous. And the reason I have such confidence and security is because I'm not depending upon me. I'm not depending upon my record, my resume. I'm depending on Christ who is entirely faithful and consistent. That's my salvation. That's my eternity, Jesus. Now, how do I thank him? The obeying doesn't make me right before God. Jesus makes me right before God. Because the Father, Jesus, everybody up there knows I'm not obeying all these commands. It's my faith in Christ that makes me right before God. So now, how do I thank Christ for that? The commands show me how I give thanks. The commands show me how I love. You know, I'm guessing 100% of us, 100% of us in here, 100% online, every one of us has had a moment where we've sinned. And we walked into that moment, and it was not an accident. We didn't stumble into it. We knowingly walked into a sin. I know this is not what I should do. I know this is not what God wants, but, and we actually attach to that thought, but I know God will forgive me. You have done that. Do you realize what's happening in that moment when I know this is sin, but I know God will forgive me. You know what I, what's happening in that moment? I am clinging to tightly. I am holding on to. I am counting with everything I am on the love of God. At the exact moment that I say, but I don't love you that much. I am counting on your love, but to be clear in this moment, I don't love you that much. You say, what? Well, I don't feel like I've ever said that. Well, Jesus said you did. John 14, verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. We're not not figuring these out and trying to obey these because God's really mad and I've got to show that I'm really good and I've got to have a good enough track record to get. That's not what we're studying these for. We're studying those so we have our best opportunity to be like God. We're studying these so we have our best opportunity to know day in and day out from one situation to the next how I can best communicate how much I love him and how much I'm thankful for him. And by the way, how much I can love you because apparently if I'm gonna tell him I love him, I've gotta love you too. Are you loving? I I think Jesus then would say, "Then, then just don't, just leave that stuff at the hotel. Pay for your own account. You know, I doubt anybody in here, I don't know this, I doubt anybody in here has ever stolen $100,000. But it's amazing what we give away for a few dollars. It's amazing how little money it takes for you and I to clearly communicate, I don't love you that much. You know, folks, the, the hard part about this is we, whoo, boy, I got to go fix all this this week. Everybody around us is stealing. Everybody. 
I mean, and, and that's why we do it. Because everybody's, hey man, if, if, listen, if everybody's going to get theirs, then I'm not walking away from mine. I'm going to get everything out of this. But my goal is not to be like everybody. My goal is to be like God. Folks, what kind of, what kind of place would you and I be in if God walked into moments saying, I'm getting mine out of this. We don't value taking. We value giving. We don't value deceit and tricking people. We value loving people. We don't value that because we're oh so good. We value that because doing the best I can in the power of the Holy Spirit to be like the God who has loved me so much. And that, that, that actually means that I'm going to respect what's not mine. I'm going to respect what belongs to somebody else. Even if that somebody else is a faceless company that I don't even like and they've got more than they need anyway. In everything, love. And in love, you obey every single command. Let's pray. Lord, I'd like to read that command and just feel good about myself that I haven't robbed a bank. God, I pray you would quicken my heart, my soul, my mind as I walk through this week, as we walk through this week. To see all the places we're very fast and loose with truth so that we can gain, so that we can profit. Lord, I don't want to do without less. I just pray even more than that I'd want to be like you. And I thank you for all those places that I've chosen not to be like you. The death, the blood of your son. Oh, what a price you paid. To all the places I just said, I'm not going to love you here. Your grace is amazing. My life is not. God, I I thank you that as I pick up and leave and, and go forward from this moment, the motivation isn't trying to make an angry God happy. The motivation isn't trying to escape hell. The motivation is to figure out all the ways and opportunities I have to say I love you and thank you when you have loved me so much. Holy Spirit, would you help me accomplish that very thing all this week? In Jesus' name we pray, amen.